Hi everyone, welcome to Jen and Matt talk about the Bible. Uh, I don't remember what episode this is. Um, 11? 11. <laughs> 11, I guess. Okay, <laughs> we've been doing this for 11 or 12 weeks. And uh, yeah, yeah, we've been social distancing for most of those. So of course, like everyone else, we're losing our minds. Um, but we're here, we're going to talk about the Bible. Uh, this is an upcoming... Uh, lectionary text for uh, this coming Sunday, which will be May 17th, I believe, uh, 2020. Right. So we are going to be looking at uh, John chapter 14, and we're reading from 15 through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You also live. On that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are for those are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this is out of uh, Jesus' farewell discourse, and um, which is really quite a long piece that goes back uh, a bit farther. Um, and I am preaching on this on Sunday. I really don't know what I'm going to say. Um, but I kind of feel like originally, I think my, I think my sermon title is something about the perfect comforter. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so this word advocate, like I, I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate. I'm looking up because there's my, my scripture reading is on a second screen over there. So, um, as if you had another advocate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there's like, I, this, this word advocate, the Greek word paraclete, um, and, or sometimes translated like helper, comforter. Um, and I kind of liked for now, for this time, I kind of liked the word comforter, although the, I never know where my sermon's going to go on the Monday when we're recording this or Tuesday when we're recording it. Um, but I had this, I had this sort of image of, um, and I may even bring it with me. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where the sermon goes, but I had this image of like an actual blanket, like a comforter, like, oh, nice. um, and, and I thought that's kind of an interesting image of the Holy spirit. Uh, this, this, this one who kind of wrap, you know, will make you really comfortable. And like, we actually need, like, I feel like we need these, these kinds of things right now. Um, the sort yeah. of comforter. So that was something that kind of popped into my head as just an image of, of the Holy Spirit as comforter and to actually think of like this warm blanket mm -hmm. wrapping you up. So I like that. Yeah. I've been seeing lots of ads for, um, what is it, the those weighted blankets that are supposed to yeah. also reduce stress Whoa. and anxiety and things like that. Maybe, maybe, you know, people talk about the weight of the Lord <laughs> upon them as a heavy thing. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's good. Right? Like, yeah. She's good. It's good. Extra, <laughs> it extra comfort from the weight or waiting, waiting on Absolutely. the Lord. Is that a different thing? Like, 
different weight. Yeah. Okay. Different kind of weight. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was like one thing. And so I think maybe the, the, the message is going to focus a little bit around the Holy Spirit and what role the Holy Spirit plays in our lives. Mm -hmm. Like who is the Holy Spirit? We don't spend a ton of time talking about the Holy Spirit, actually. I guess not. I don't know. I feel like I personally have throughout my life really focused on the Holy Spirit. Um, so. But yeah, you're right. We don't really spend that much time in church, I guess. Right. At least the Presbyterian concept. Yeah, like a little bit later in this in this uh, speech that Jesus is giving to his disciples, and this is like his closest followers, and it's just before, that's why it's the farewell discourse, just before he's going to be on trial and then um, and then go to the cross. And um, but a little bit, he, he says um, the advocate the and and he then he specifies this is in verse 26 of the same same chapter. He says the advocate the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. And um, so I think some of that stuff, and, and then he talks about peace again, which we've talked about as well, um, and says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. So like, I'm kind of thinking of like the Holy Spirit's presence as this comforting presence that, okay, well, like, what is it that, the advocate or the Holy Spirit is teaching us and what is the Holy Spirit reminding us of when it comes to what Jesus has, has taught. And is that, um, that this sense of peace, is that, is that a big part of it? Maybe. I really like that angle. Um, I think that's a very helpful way of looking at it. Um, yeah, I guess like sometimes if we're in in states of where we're not comforted or we're we're not in a state of calm or a state of peace, it can be hard to actually look at stuff going on and and deal with that and process information or navigate like what's our next steps for this that or the other thing. Um, but to have some comfort um, centering us, being reminded of peace, I think it it will allow us to move forward. Um, and I just keep circling back right to verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So I wonder if like when, like that there's going to be this movement of when the spirit comes and comforts and we are reminded of what Jesus taught, um, he teaches, you know, his commandments. So he, we had the 10 commandments and he takes them to a whole other level, um, but above all of that, it really seems to come down to like human decency and recognizing the humanity in each other and um, and caring for one another um, at, at like the very core of it, as well as, of course, loving you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So by keeping those commandments, by loving each other, we are loving Jesus. We are loving in turn God. Um so I just, I kind of see this as like this very interwoven thing. I mean, like Jesus is speaking about the Trinity. Um, yeah. Uh, but you're right. Like he's talking also kind of about the Trinity and this and love being the center of it. And that's been a pretty common belief as well, is that the Trinity, like it's kind of love that is the binding agent in the Trinity. Or my, the, Yeah. Uh, my favorite way to describe the Trinity is three persons in one love. I, that, I don't know if I can sum it up any more than that. Right, right. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting about this is, um, 
that we maybe should have mentioned up top. Although anybody who is like starting to watch these videos will find that actually we will get to something interesting, like partway through. It won't be at the beginning. Um, not that the beginning isn't interesting. Enjoy the okay. ride. <laughs> but uh, same with my preaching, right? Like just hang in there. Something's going to happen. Um, yeah. So Jesus, when he says, uh, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Another is an interesting word. Like, we automatically go to like, well, what is the Greek word for advocate? And what does that mean? Which is exactly where we went. But why did right. Jesus say he will give you another advocate? Like. I assume he's speaking of himself. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So. <laughs> right? So we automatically go to like, oh, that's a descriptor of the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the comforter. Uh, actually, no, that's that's not a descriptor of just the Holy Spirit. That's a descriptor of Jesus and this other advocate. Like it's like there's it's a descriptor of Jesus as well. Like so he's leaving his disciples. This is the farewell discourse. He's going to die. He's going to raise from the dead. He's going to ascend. He. He won't be physically bodily present with them anymore, but there's going to be this other one who is sent by the father who will be with them forever. Jesus says, and, um, and the world neither sees this advocate nor knows him. And he's going to play like the Holy spirit is going to play the same role that Jesus has been playing while he's walked with his disciples. See, maybe. Is that, is that what's happening? So that, yeah, I, I think absolutely. Um, I know we're told Jesus tells us that he will um, pray, you know, he'll sit at the right hand of the father and pray on our behalves, um, you know, ask anything of me and I will, you know, or back up for <laughs> that. You will go on to do greater things than me that you've right. seen me do um, and ask anything in my name and I will, do it, I guess, is what he says. It is what he says. That's um, verse 14. That's like right before this. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. I should pull my screen up there. Look at that. If you ask anything, ask in my name and for anything, I will do it. Okay, well, I then, will do it. Great. Cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll get so, right on that. <laughs> so um, I get this image also of like an equipper um, okay. because it seems that Jesus equipped the disciples and so as Jesus, and Jesus seems to, okay, because Jesus chose to um, confine himself to a human body and to have the experience of a human, even though he's fully God, Jesus will only be able to minister and equip the disciples who were, whereas the Holy Spirit is not bound in a human, although lives in all humans, should we accept Jesus? Um, and then the Holy Spirit does that work and the, that equipping um, to create disciples, to grow disciples. Um, I don't know. It's just an image that I, and the word equipping really find. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. For I don't sure. know if that like links with um, advocate at all. 
yeah, I don't know. Like advocate is a is also a really good word. Like I I like equipper. I think that's true, and I think the Holy Spirit does equip us um, the same way that Jesus was equipping his uh, disciples to then go. Like I think he was equipping his like it was fairly quick for them to be like Jesus saying, "Hey, come follow me." They they become his disciples, and yeah, but but then they're equipped from that point on. Like I think that's actually an important thing for the idea of equipping is that sometimes we think, oh, we have to equip people in order to be disciples. But actually, I don't think that's right. I think Ooh. if you are... They become disciples. You, if you are being equipped and you are receiving that and you're open to that, then you are a disciple. Like that's, that's right. what disciples do. Um, right. What Jesus equipped them for as disciples was actually to become apostles. Because <laughs> apostles <laughs> are sent ones. Right. So they're then sent out at the end of all the Gospels that there's some kind of sending that happens. Um, so Great Commission in Matthew and in John, he appears and says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And um, so, yeah, so the equipping is actually for them to go out and to um, make you. You did say that, I think, go out to make disciples, but not a, like it's not that they're the equipping is so that you can be such a great disciple. I mean, no, it is, but it's, but no, it's actually so you can go out and serve. Yeah. So yeah, that's important. But I, but I wonder about like the connotations of the word advocate as well. Not just like, I think equipping is a good thing. I think comforting is a good thing. We've said that, but even like advocate is someone who stands alongside, right? Like someone who, um, I don't know, like, like when you well, were going, I think of the, right you're going through something really terrible and you have someone who advocates for you. Like they, they come alongside yeah. you and they, they stand up for you. And that's a pretty powerful image of what the Holy spirit is doing. Yeah. And I think also like, I think in the sense of um, like the child advocacy agency yeah. who speaks for children who don't have a voice um, or whose voices could not be heard. Um, so, yeah, and I think, like, in regards to equipping, I'm definitely getting a little ahead of myself. That's not what the text is talking about right here. No. <laughs> I just think about, you know, what's what's next. What's yeah. <laughs> uh, but maybe maybe it's a good thing to just rest in that comfort for a while. Yeah, I think, to like, Jesus' language in John can be hard to follow. Like, it's a bit, like, sounds kind of repetitive. It's a bit all over the place. Um, I, I mean, that's on purpose. But I also think like, so Jesus is saying, you know, I'm leaving, I'm going to send you another advocate. And like verse 18 is really interesting. He says, I will not leave you orphaned. So there he's using like this parental. So again, it's like, okay, who is the Holy Spirit? Like the Holy Spirit is another advocate. Well, if Jesus is the first advocate, now we've got another one that's the Holy Spirit kind of taking the role of Jesus, but I will not leave you orphaned. Oh, is that because like Jesus and the father are one? Like we're now using like parent child imagery. So I'm not going to leave you orphaned, even though I'm gone. It doesn't mean like you still have a father, you still have a parent. Um, but then the second half of that verse is I am coming to you. <laughs> He's like, I'm leaving, but I'm sending this other one. And then he says, I'm coming to you. So it's like, this is why this is actually a good Trinitarian text, right? Because it's basically all yeah. of that is all wrapped up in one. 
So when you receive the Holy Spirit or when the Holy Spirit comes, you are receiving the Father and the Son. Like that's equivalent. But I know when I was growing up or when I was a teenager, kind of into my early 20s, uh, and I heard a lot of language about receiving Christ. Um, huh. And uh, a lot of language about like, you know, Jesus loves you and accept accept Jesus into your heart. And that was an encouragement to do that. And I never really connected like that with the Holy Spirit. Right. Like I didn't, I just didn't really know what the Holy Spirit was doing. Like I didn't, I don't know. Like I guess there's a Trinity and there's a Father and a Son and a Holy Spirit, but it was all really about Jesus. Like accept Jesus and learn about him and all of that. But I didn't understand that like accepting Jesus into my heart, that actually was the Holy Spirit. Like that's who the Holy Spirit is. So I yeah. didn't really understand that it's the Holy Spirit who actually makes Jesus known. Or I started talking about mm -hmm. like, when I talked more about the Holy Spirit, I would talk about the Holy Spirit is actually the one who we, when we have God's active presence and we actually can experience God in our life. Or when Jesus is made real for us and we have this personal experience of Jesus, that's actually the Holy Spirit. That's who that is. Yeah, definitely. But I never, sure. I never got that before. That took a really long time for me to actually understand that's what was going on. Well, I mean, the Trinity is a pretty like confusing thing, really, when you get down to it, it can be very puzzling. And I mean, like just to, to line that with what you've just said at verse um, 21, they who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me and those who love me will be loved by my, by my father and I will love them and reveal myself to them. So there's this revelation, this revealing that happens through the spirit. Um, but all of this is absolutely woven in love and commandments. And I think that, I think it's really important for people to hear that the commandments are love, that these commandments are not, um, are not like these measures that are we good enough if we attain to these things? Like Paul talks about it. You know, if I, if anybody should boast about being a proper and good Jew, it's me. I've kept all the commandments. I've done all the things, but he, he counts all of that as loss. It doesn't matter. Um, because it's, it's this act of love, this, um, this connection with the spirit. And that I think this connection through the spirit not only connects us with the Trinity, but I feel like it connects us to one another on a completely different way. I, I think the idea of the commandment is really important too. So like, I think you're right. So I was just, I was just looking, going back um, to John 13, right? So Jesus washes his disciples feet. Okay. Right. And then yeah. after that, so then there's like uh, Judas is basically identified as the one who's going to betray him after Jesus has washed his feet. Important. Um, mm -hmm. And then after Judas goes out, like Judas ends up leaving and Jesus basically says, this is the new, new commandment section, right? A new commandment I give yep. to you. I give you a new commandment that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another by this. Everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another great 
let's start to love in people. Yeah. So our I, world desperately needs it. But I do think that I what you that just way. said, that's a like, I think that comes out of what Jesus is saying here. So like when Jesus does get, like you just said, when Jesus does get to, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Um, and also talking about, you know, they who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me and those who love me will be loved by my father and I will love them and reveal myself to them. All of that, like mm -hmm. if we substitute in like moral code of conduct for keep my commandments, then we're missing what Jesus was doing in John 13 with the washing of the disciples' feet and saying to them, "You, the world's going to know you're my disciples and understand what that means by how you love each other. So like for me, the hermeneutic is always God's love and God's grace, right? So that is always like, it's not like, this is going to sound maybe somewhat unpresbyterian, but I would say like that, the God's like God, well, not really, but God's grace and God's love for me trumps seeing the Bible through a lens of God's righteousness. Oh, interesting. If that makes sense. Yeah. So like if that I agree. Like if say God's righteousness or God's um I mean I happen to think God's the way God is righteous is through love, but so but, True. <laughs> but if we say like our main goal is to is to be able to show that God is always um God is always kind of clean. Like God is always um mm. like like we don't want to harm God's righteousness. So like like the main thing is to show that that you know sin and God don't go together. And right, so right. so like that that gives you a really different way of interpreting like what might be talked about if you're obeying commandments because it's like, well yeah, you've got to obey commandments oh. because you don't want to you don't want to be sinning because that's bad like that's puts you away from god and while like theologically i think i i would agree with that that sin does separate us from god but to me the frame for that is actually god's love and grace not let's protect god yep. from our sin like god doesn't need our protection we need god's protection <laughs> yeah yeah so i just want to back up a quick second because i do know that we have some viewers who are not ministers um, <laughs> who have not studied, Probably you most. know, <laughs> like who have studied even less than I have. And I feel like I've got like a long ways to go. Right. Um, you mentioned the word, uh, hermeneutics. Oh, um, right. Sorry. Yeah. Can you just, can you just share that, uh, for people? Yeah, we should. Yeah. We should all look that up. That would be, <laughs> that'd be a good thing to do. Uh, yeah. Hermeneutics kind of like, like, how you see it's not even just the bible or theology but it'd be like even the world like how you the lens through which you see things is how i would okay think. like some would That's say helpful. maybe like it's related to interpretation but it's sort of the lens through which you see so yeah or understand yeah just google that definition and yeah deals it, with interpretation yeah but that's helpful um that is helpful so our i think everybody can have their own kind of hermeneutic about how they approach thing and um, that lens. And that's actually really good because I know we've been talking about like the lens at which we look at this at scripture and we're wanting to um, come at scripture with creativity, with curiosity, with a playfulness. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, um, 
And so I think that's, a that's again, very different than, you know, um, I don't know if pious is quite the right word, but like this moral code, am I checking off the right boxes kind of way? I just get the sense that there's a message that needs to be shared that God is just so much bigger than that. And God wants to free us even from that. And I think that's maybe what Jesus was kind of saying to the Pharisees and stuff. Like you pious people, like you just don't get it. Um, these things don't matter. Care for your neighbor for the person you keep like walking to the other side of the road to miss care for that person um yeah care for one another cool thank you for that (laughs) i think that is important for us to understand he talks about the i am in my father and you in me and i in you this always 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 makes me think of um i am the vine and the branches um I am the vine and you are the branches. And this is a, this abiding in me, this kind of weird thing um, that so, okay. happens. What I love about these conversations is you just say this stuff because it pops into your head. Can you just now just flip to John 15, like the next chapter? Can you just, just do that for me? And then you'll... Is that, is like that Jesus where it is? was actually going somewhere. <laughs> That's great. Okay, cool. There it is. But yeah, First the vine one. of the branches the are, is John 15, the very next chapter. <laughs> That's great. Cool. Well, I mean, we're not going to, we don't have time to go into that, friends, but like, go and check that out because that is some good stuff. Um, but, I remember a good... No, uh, we should good... actually go there. Like, I shouldn't yeah? say, let's not say we don't have time because look, okay. not into the whole metaphor because there's a whole sure. lot more there that happens, but... Oh, if you there's go, crazy amounts of stuff. If you go farther into the vine and the branches... It's like this repeated refrain that then Jesus is is building, I think. Like, and at which I didn't really get until I just kind of flipped to it now. But um, so again, it's about disciples. So if you go to like verse eight, for instance, yep, you've got that's my exactly father where is glorified I am. by this, that you bear yep. much fruit and become my disciples. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. And then verse 12, this is my commandment Ah. that you love one another as I have loved you. And then he spells out, no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And uh, yeah, so, and then he kind of goes on from there. Um, But also verse 17, I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. It's like, oh, okay. So if we read all of this, like start at verse thir- uh, chapter 13 and then go yeah. all the way into 15, we kind of realize, oh, I guess like this whole Jesus life is about loving one another. Hmm. Like Jesus seems to be repeating that over and over and over again. That seems yeah. important. And the abiding. Um is huge at this point too um so what do you think like what does it mean to abide like what does it mean for when jesus is saying i'm the father the father is in me abide in me the spirit will be in you what is all like what is that well first off confusing um especially if you're really like i know we've got a lot of ministers here that are Mm. that are equipping for things here but 
for somebody who is kind of newer into faith, or even if you're not, if you've just never really thought about these things, that can be very confusing. Um, but I love the image of the vine and the branches. And, and there's a whole other set, like part of that, um, about the bearing of fruit, about being pruned, stuff like that. We won't even touch on that, but the branches that are attached to the vine that is attached to the root, that's where all of the nutrients get come from, that they are interlocked, that they are receiving that nutrient. Um, but then also how photosynthesis works is um, it comes kind of from the external. So I feel like there's a little bit of a two-way of uh, nutrition happening and roots continuing to grow deeper because of what happens at the, at the top level. So the weird little thing here, but um, he, like Jesus says, apart from me, if you do not abide from me, um, you know, it's thrown away like a branch and withers. So like once a branch is cut off, there's still some nutrients left in that branch, but very soon it's going to die. Um, it'll shrivel up. It, it won't be able to sustain fruit. Um, so, I mean, this is now I'm starting to think about spiritual fruits and, and spiritual gifts. That's what I'll be preaching on in a few weeks down the road, but, um, abiding. Yeah. So I think of that as abiding, but then also like we abide in our homes. Um, hmm. it's where, it's where we live. It's where we dwell. It's our dwelling place. So there's also a sense of comfort in that as well. Our homes are comfort, hopefully. Uh, and maybe that brings us back to our like image of the comforter at the end. Right. Um, like I'm thinking like, what is it? Like I can get my head more around like abiding in my home and abiding with my family. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting. Like, um, like I can get my head more around abiding with, God, but in is harder to get my head around. And this is why we need the Holy Spirit to help reveal these things to us, I believe, um, right. to make some sense of it. And and I think that it's an experiential thing. It's not it's not an intellectual thing. It's experiential. Um, and I think that if we surrender to that and open ourselves to love abiding in us and ourselves abiding in love, man, I think the fruit that's going to grow is pretty crazy and right. would be very exciting to see. Right. Like, again, the, like the comforter image, like maybe this difference between abiding in and abiding with, like if I abide with my comforter, like my actual blanket, like I could be like sitting next to my blanket and my blanket's right there. And I'm wondering, oh, why am I so cold? Like, mm. I'm right next to the blanket, but then I'm not actually abiding in the blanket. <laughs> like, I'm not, yeah. Oh, maybe That's I should cover myself bad. up with this blanket in order to actually help with this. And that would yes. be like maybe the difference that you're saying between like an intellectual, like, oh, yeah, I understand God and, <laughs> and Jesus and the Holy <laughs> Spirit over there. I understand. Yeah. Okay. I get yes. it. As opposed to like, oh, I'm going to put this on and yeah. live in it um, or in them, in God. <laughs> uh, like, so maybe that's the difference you're talking about between the intellectual and the experiential. 
Oh, maybe I need to use that image on Sunday. We'll see. I, I think that's, that's very helpful. Okay, great. Okay, we'll leave it there for today then. This Sounds was good. good. Thanks for joining everybody. Have an awesome week.